Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. We're excited to have you here with us. <clears throat> the hot dog days of summer are upon us. I hope you're enjoying your summer, wherever that may be. And so many of you are dialing in still. It amazes me how many people dial in and listen to the broadcast. We appreciate you doing so. It's really good to have you with us. Thank you for making this a way for which you get information. Again, we are a broadcast created by mortgage professionals and for mortgage professionals. And we're the proud recipient of the Progress and Lending Award. We never got through a fraction of the stuff that Terry Wakefield had because I asked him to come back in. I said there was so much we left on the cutting room floor, so to speak. We'd love to have you come back and let's get into it. So we titled this topic today that we're going to be getting into is, again, an innovation update if you look at the website. But this one is innovation in motion. What is going on that is in motion that's innovative? So we've got Terry Wakefield that'll be with us here in the Hot Topic segment. Really looking forward to it. This is going to be one of those broadcasts, which is more extemporaneous. We're creating it as it goes. But I tell you, I've got all these notes from what we didn't get to last week. So it is actually a great opportunity uh, to have Terry back. And so he will be in the Hot Topic segment. Well, without further ado, I want to get into having our conversation with Terry. I'm looking at the clock. Man, how the time flies. Appreciate you, our, our listeners, being here with us. Welcome back to the program, Terry Wakefield. Again, I'm so appreciative to you, Terry, for, you know, thinking you're going to have a relaxing Monday and then me carving out a whole hour right out of the middle of your day. And I just want to say how grateful I am for you joining us on such short notice. Good to have you back, my friend. Uh, great to talk to you, Dave. By the way, I was just on my way to the golf course when you called, so you blew my golf game this afternoon. <laughs> so, so I owe you a tea time. Okay. So your green fees for the day, I'll have to reimburse you for it. Well, anyway. Right, right. I, you know, that, that's a joke because I know how hard you're working. And uh, I want to get back to something. I titled this broadcast. <laughs> I really, well, the thing that we had left and I not did not get covered last week is the innovation that you are advising that's in motion. So we put innovation in motion uh, with you in part two is the way we titled this broadcast. Tell us some of the things, I mean, Andy and, and uh, Teresa at MBS and, and their team really do a good job of assessing what's out there. Well, let's start there. What is your thoughts on the current field of vendors out there in this and i mean i'm not looking we're not trying to run anyone down or lift anyone up and i mean but just generally speaking but you 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 could be as specific as you want to be on this but i'd be really interested in hearing what your thoughts are on where the field is and what do you anticipate changes there doesn't and i want to leave with that by saying there's not a lot of innovation they've all been reacting to the all the regulatory environment so innovation seems to have taken a back seat so your thoughts um, okay, well, again, I, I don't like to make a career of calling people's baby ugly, but um, the... There's a lot of ugly babies out there right now, though. There's a lot of ugly babies. And th- there's a lot of reasons why traditional LOS architecture continues to be pervasive. One of the uh, causes of that, I think it's something that people are comfortable with. I don't think they're satisfied with it, but at least they're comfortable and they know they can't get fired if they, you know, become a customer of Ellie Mae or uh, Black Knight. But those, those platforms, while they do do certain things really well, they, they don't address the fundamental problem in the mortgage space. And that is that humans continue to orchestrate work. And we, we touched on this uh, last week, but we have been in 
37 different loan production environments in recent years. And what's, what's really scary is that if you have 200 people in your loan production environment, you're going to have 200 different processes, all of which are non-documented, they're not sanctioned by management, and it's because humans are creating these workarounds which take the form of post-it notes on your computer screen or a, a notebook in your desk drawer. And this is why cost and compliance issues are really escalating to a pretty serious level. You need technology in place that is going to take a set of well-documented, optimized tasks and make sure your systems are allowing systems to orchestrate those tasks, not right. humans. Yeah. And it's, it's, it sounds very strange and very peculiar when you talk about the mortgage industry, but it's happening everywhere else. It is. And you know, you last week I talked about costs going up 240% since 2004. I mean, it's just, you, you can't survive in other industries if you allow that type of cost escalation to occur. Well, and it also creates an opportunity for someone to figure it out and come in and offer the cost at a much lower price. So if, if someone gets it right and they drastically undercut the current operating costs of the rest of the, the world, it creates a really unlevel playing field, and all of a sudden things start changing and everyone's going to be interested in this. And I think it's really – you know, uh, an opportunity for us to dive into this bigger in a bigger way. And one of the things, one of the listeners said, Dave, I had a question I would love to have you had to ask Terry when he was on the broadcast. And the, the question was this. Terry mentioned that he was, he saw in a, um, in, in going to a factory, all these machines that are out there. I mean, there's machines, uh, robots everywhere, not as many people. Does Terry see that we are going to be replaced in the industry? Does robots going to replace us? And I said, I don't think that's what Terry was. That was that was not the draw. It was how we organize our work, how we go about our work is what the case. So to those that, you know, that might be seeing that are we, are we just going to have robots in here setting up machines? Is, is this all going to get automated? I don't suspect that's the answer, but it may be shifting who is doing the work. Is that a better way to look at it? Uh, exactly. And, and And let me, you know, People are always worried about losing their jobs when, you know, change is around the corner. And, right. you know, I, I tend to look at it the other way. I tend to look at it, hey, you can now do double the volume with the same number of people. So there's a positive yeah. spin to this as well as this natural defensiveness that people have that they're going to lose their jobs. But let me just give you a couple of statistics. So I mentioned that, you know, we do analysis of loan production environments Every time we do this, we store the output in what we call the Implore database, which I was able to show you last week. Yes. So, um, about that too. yeah. So let, let's let me give you a couple of statistics. When we analyze a current loan production environment, we find that somewhere between 30 and 35 percent of total cost is related to communications, both internal and external. Okay, so that's 30 to 35 percent. We also find that somewhere between 20 and 25% of the cost is associated with non-value-added tasks, that is, redundant processing. And when we complete an OPTS, which I referred to last week on the broadcast, we are able to get communication costs down to 2 to 3% of total cost and the non-value-added activities to under 1%. So 
when you talk about moving from 30 or from 50 wow. to 60 percent down to three or four percent of cost, it, it's real. Yeah. I mean, there is software that will automate communications today. It will automate the communications and accommodate social media channels like Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. All of this can be automated so that messages are continually triggered to both your internal associates as well as the external constituents involved on a low-level basis. And it's real. I mean, nobody can dispute that. No. Anyone who looks and does any introspection on what their processes are, they're going to find this. But you have a system, Implore is the name of it, that you you showed me last week after after the broadcast. Listeners, I was blown away with what Terry has developed and what this can do, and that we're not advertising this, we're not, you know, we don't have any business relationship. I, I was just genuinely excited about this, how we need to go in and measure things. If, if you're able to, without giving away any trade secrets or anything like that, Terry, but tell us, how would you articulate what that system does? It was brilliant, the cost savings and how you quickly identified it and how micro you got. You, it really was exhaustive in how you looked at all the, the, the whole, every, everything up and down the whole food chain or the process chain. Well, so the whole the whole purpose of Implore is to provide production management and production supervisors with the real-time ability to create operational scenarios. And there are probably a half a dozen key metrics in Implore that you can change anytime you want and get an instantaneous report or output on how that change is going to impact your direct labor cost per log. I mentioned last week that you know the industry average today, according to the MBA quarterly performance report, is right around $2,800. Well, using Implore and the OPTS, which I mentioned last week, we're able to get that cost down to somewhere between $550 and $700 per loan. So that, that is a massive savings. And when you're doing 50,000 loans a year, that's Reducing your cost by a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars alone—that's fifty to seventy-five million dollars. Yeah, and I think that's why it. There, I want under. I want every business owner listening to this podcast, or every loan originator listening to this podcast, to forward this podcast to their business owner and um, the executives on there because this is significant. I'm I'm hogging the mic because I want. I could just feel. I, Andy has a text of me. But I want to jump in here and get the mic over to him so he gets a chance to get into the discussion. Uh, it's this, Andy, this is really interesting. I mean, because someone's going to do it. Someone's going to crack the code. Someone's going to figure it out. And what I'm seeing, what Terry has, and what he showed me last week, he is, he's got the tools to help people see it. I'm excited. No, I know you exactly had some right. thoughts and follow-on, so go for it. Well, this is, this is the underpinning of what I described during my segment. I mean, Terry's dynamic architecture can be applied to do what I said it needs to do in order to make it so you touch it once, do it right the first time, and create fungible employees. I mean, it, it's it's so obvious the importance of having this kind of a technology infrastructure in mortgage banking, and it substantially doesn't exist today. So it's, it's not like we're about to crack the code. Terry's cracked the code. This is exactly yeah. what we need to do. I'm not sure how to turn that into a question, Terry, but... I mean, well, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, uh, Andy. Um, so one of the barriers to change in the mortgage industry, you know, you have to deal with the human component. I mean, 
people are important, they're valuable. I mean, you can't run a business without them. Having said that, um, it's amazing to me how people with functional titles in the mortgage space, like processors, underwriters, closers, consider their functions to be like synchrosync. And it's almost like there is nobody else that can do my job. Well, that is not the case. And as you mentioned earlier, the ability to cross-train your workforce so that tasks can be distributed to workers as tasks need to be performed, as opposed to dealing with functional bottlenecks, is a real change in perspective in this business. And you know, you can't ignore the human dimension of any business or any industry. And and, and what complicates matters is many times humans are resistant to change. Well, if they you know sat back and understood the impact that this kind of change could have on their organization, they'd take a different perspective. But it's tough to do. And, you know, people are always, like I said, concerned about their, their jobs and their earnings. And that's very natural. I, I think it's one of the things that's holding innovation back in the mortgage space, preservation perspective that often surfaces. Well, let me throw a scenario at you real quick here, Terry. One of the things that people don't like about I mean, one of the things that Encompass does is it provides alerts and stops. Well, so does Open Close and a lot of the other ones bite. But what can happen is that an alert or a stop can be in place. It means that you can't go forward until something's done. And mortgage bankers hate that. They want to be able to work around anything they come across. <laughs> so how do you get in front of the scenario where a top producer – goes to the processor and says, submit that file, and, and the processor goes, it's not ready, it's not ready, I don't have W-2s. And they go, I don't care, throw it to underwriting anyway. Dave deals with this in coaching all the time, and, and, how, and right. he's assessed sure. how disruptive this is to an environment. But let's say we're in a technology world where you, you, don't, you haven't checked all the boxes, you can't send it to underwriting. So how do you, how right. do you address that kind of conflict and dissonance that's going to occur? Well, that is a great question, and uh, again, at the risk of calling someone's baby ugly, the mortgage industry has placed far too much emphasis on the front end of the process, that is the origination side, and I have seen environments, I have, I have sat with a loan underwriter who receives a call from an executive of the company saying, if you don't approve this loan, your job is in danger. Now, that kind of interference is totally inappropriate, and it was rampant during the subprime days. Yeah. Now, those days have passed, and I think everyone has learned a valuable lesson that you can't, be, you can't allow your salespeople to run roughshod over people who are processing and underwriting information. It's just, it's just an inherent conflict. So you know, we need balance. We need to get more emphasis on the back office more emphasis on exploring the technology components that can put people in a position where they're actually reducing the amount of time it takes a mortgage by 15 days. Loan process, I mean, loan originators, imagine what would happen to their revenue or their, their earnings if the average time to close a loan was reduced from what it is today, which is 45 days, down to, let's say, 30 well, that increases their revenue potential by 33%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they don't think that way. 
And so using technology to not only, you know, create this task level a driven process uh, is, is important, but the impact of accelerating transaction velocity benefits everybody. It does. Absolutely. And you talked about communication because when a lot that scenario that Andy just outlined that is so prevalent in the industry to some degree or another it's prevalent in every industry there's whether it's spoken or unspoken there's always the pressure from production because you know because the better production the better the company the better the the volume that's going on in the company you watch other companies that die that they're technically perfect they've got all the things in the checks and balances in the right place but they don't get the volume in because there's so much focus on those on the, on the on the other balance, they're, they're skewed too far to the other side. And, and I'm, I, I've got to come to that. Said, I'm not sure they're skewed so far to the other side. It's just that the industry leans so much in favor of the production people that anyone trying to stand up, there's such headwinds. Everyone's leaning forward at a 45-degree angle to walk in this world of production. So how, how, do we, how does innovation, what is coming, it's, you know, what you have with what you're putting forth, but what are some practical things that you see going on out there and what are you specifically working on? That's where I want to go with the broadcast with the, the few minutes we have left. Where are you specifically going with what you're doing to bring this about? We, you know, we know your message has fallen to some deaf ears because people are just going, I'm going to let, the, I'm going to let production run everything. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. I can't see that changing. And you're saying that doesn't have to be that way. So tell us about what you're actually in motion with and doing. Okay, so last week I think I mentioned that um, the investment world is becoming rapidly aware of the opportunity to fix this infrastructure problem. So we are in uh, active discussions with a number of private equity firms who want to invest the money necessary to build the infrastructure that solves a lot of the problems we've discussed both last week and today. So I, I would be shocked if within the next 18 months there was not a real, live platform operating and available to the industry that is successful in increasing transaction velocity um, and substantially reducing direct labor costs. And we have business partners that we're very close to that bring a lot of the answers to this problem like EMC, which is a New York Stock Exchange company. Last week, I briefly mentioned Milliman, which has the ability to deliver models that evaluate uh, the risk of default and the risk of buyback while the loan is being produced. I mean, these are things that amazing. Are, are, are going to be live in the next 12 to 18 months. And I, I think I made the point last week that if lenders stand still, they run the risk of losing market share to those who are not afraid to innovate. Yes. And I'm not talking about innovating unproven software components. I'm talking about innovating with software components that have proved their value in many, many other industries. So that, that, that is specifically what's happening today. And you know, it would take me several hours to go into detail on that, but I think the world is going to change. I think it's going to change for the better. And yeah. those who, you know, are yes. at the forefront of this, I think are going to be 
very, very successful. I, I want to underscore one thing. I really I turn to our listeners. For those of you that are listening to this podcast, downloading it or otherwise, and we still have a lot of people listening live, so I'm grateful for our listeners. Listen to this. A Wall Street firm is in process of talking to Terry, and they're bringing capital to a, to a company, or they, if they can't find a company, they'll create a company in order to bring this about. Folks, change is coming. That's why we're doing this series on innovation. Change is coming. Are you going to be on board with it, or are you going to find yourself just trying to react to it and respond to it? If you do the latter, that train is going to leave, and if it's leaving at the, a, a fraction of the cost, I don't know that you're going to get on it. I'm telling you, folks, download this broadcast, share it with the senior executives at your company. If you're not one of the senior executives, senior executives, figure this out. Get a hold of Terry. It is essential that you have a conversation with him. You may be the company that's the candidate that this group of investors may want to invest in. We're not saying anything to that effect. I'm just saying do not Put your head in the sand on this one. Terry, for those that want to get a hold of you, as I look as we're time is up, it just blows me away how fast time goes. How is the best way to get in for everyone to get a hold of I put your contact information on the website. For those of you that want to go to the Lick It On Lending website, it's there. It's one of the slides that are up there. But, Terry, I'd love to have you um, uh, share with our listeners, again, how they can connect with you. Sure. My office phone number is 262 375 8,000, and I'm at extension 6640, or my email address is twakefield, W-A-K-E-F-I-E-L-D, at twcllc.com. I'm so grateful to have you on here again. Uh, one of the things we didn't get to is the fact that you did contribute significantly to, or in a way, you played a role behind the scenes working on the uh, United Guarantee, our sponsors turnaround, and it came up when uh, I mentioned that I was going to have uh, Donna Peoples on the broadcast. You said, oh, yeah, EMC and some of my processes were very instrumental in helping that. Uh, that was that was fascinating. You, you've been behind the scenes of so many in significant initiatives, going back to the earliest days of doing the the MBSs, I mean, with Lou Ranieri. I mean, so you, you're you're at the at the beginning, at the genesis of everything that's seen, or a lot of things in the past that have been significant. I encourage our listeners to get a hold of you and reach out to you. And so it's really a privilege to have you on again on the broadcast. It's so good to have you with us, Terry. It's just a really privilege and honor to both Andy and I. I want to say thanks for being on here. We're very fortunate to have some leaders in the industry being with us, Terry, today and the previous week. And now, again, we have Donna coming on next week. It's good to be with you, listeners, and have a great rest of the week, everybody. See you back here next week. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.